to the Changelog episode 0.6.8. I'm Adam Stachowiak. And I'm Wen Netherland. This is the Changelog. We cover what's fresh and new and open source. If you found us on iTunes, we're also on the web, thechangelog.com. We're also up on GitHub. Head to github.com slash explore. You'll find some trending repos, some feature repos from our blog, as well as the audio podcast. And if you're on Twitter, follow Changelog Show. And me, Adam Stack. And I'm Penguin, P-E-N-G-W-I-N-N. Fun episode this week. Talked to Chris Forsyth over at Growl, and he's also with, um, or formerly at Adium, but also with Parian. This guy's busy. He's doing so, so much open source stuff. I know, and, and Growl's one of those projects that uh, a lot of people use and don't even know they have it. It comes bundled with a lot of, of apps, and it's just that uh, little notification window that you get on the Mac, but uh, they're working to make some cross-platform uh, features of Growl, and it's fun to see an app that's open source that we've used for years now make it into the App Store and start paying back some of the developers behind it. Yeah, when you say years, you mean eight years. Eight years. Can you believe it? That's crazy. So it's been quiet around the changelog. We're fun. Uh, glad to be back on the air. It's fun to be back on the air. We're uh, lifting the curtain on a beta refresh. Some of you guys have seen this. If you haven't, then uh, keep an eye out on the changelog.com. We're moving off of Tumblr over to Nesta CMS and can't wait to show off what we've been working on. And we've also been working on another site called The Sassway. So if you go to thesassway.com, for all of you uh, people who don't like CSS but love SAS, we can teach a few things there. Absolutely, and these sites are powered by Nesta CMS, which gonna, we're going to have Graham on the show soon to talk about our favorite little Ruby-based CMS. Absolutely. Fun episode this week. Should we get to it? Let's do it. We're chatting today with Chris Forsyth from the Growl Project. So, Chris, for those that may not know, what is Growl and what is your role over there? Growl is a uh, notification system for OS X. It allows you to get notifications from things like uh, email or uh, your FTP client or, or whatever the case may be, uh, and just find out what's going on in your Mac without having to switch between different applications all at once. Uh, and I'm Chris Forsyth. I've worked on the Growl project for eight years. I'm the project lead, and I thought up the Growl project. You know, and that makes us sound old for eight years, but I think my first um, contact with Growl was probably through the ADM project. So you're involved in that as well? I was. I was the project manager for ADM for about four years. Um, I actually stepped down a few years ago, but uh, I was responsible for just getting resources together and making sure everyone had what they needed and getting the. Uh, I helped get the release out to 1.0 and uh, went from there. So, uh, yeah, IDM was a stepping stone, put it that way. No, I think the uh, the big milestone that we wanted to cover with this episode is Growl's now in the App Store. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, Growl has been a preference pane for years. So it's uh, uh, up until this version that's in the App Store and has been in App Store since Monday. Uh, it's been it's been a system preference pane, and we wanted to change that up a little bit because a lot of people were getting confused about where's Growl at, and all that sort of thing. Uh, also, Apple's requiring in uh, November, uh, starting November, that applications that get submitted to the App Store get sandboxed. It's a technical term that basically means that you cannot access things in the system without ac- asking for access. Uh, and that would include Growl. So we needed to take drastic measures to make sure Growl worked, uh, and that was part of it. 
So that's uh, the gist of what we changed, and uh, we went from a preference pane to a application that sits in the menu bar, uh, and it, we improved Growl dramatically in the way the preferences look. I mean, we have new icons and new system looking things. Uh, we added a roll-up feature so that when you're away, you don't have a screen full of notifications. Instead, you get uh, a little screen that says, hey, you know, here's what happened. Uh, and, and overall, things have definitely improved. We've got a long way to go still, but uh, things have definitely improved for the way just using Growl has worked out. Some would also say that the another change would be that there's actually a price now to it. It is uh, free before, and now it's what a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, it's a dollar ninety nine in the app store, and uh, that's to just help fund development from then on out. Uh, the problem is is that for for the last uh, I don't know three years basically we had effectively about two developers working on Growl, and that's it. And that's a dramatic change from about five years ago when we had about 60 people working on Growl. So uh, we weren't able to maintain, for instance, Growl mail uh, for the entire... Every time Apple releases a, a cha- an update to OS X, they break our Growl mail. So we just... You know, it would take a month or two months to update that, and it, it wasn't acceptable, put it that way. So uh, we actually dropped GrowlMail, and the, the lead developer for Growl picked it up as a side project, uh, and he's going to keep it updated on a, a very regular basis. Bas- I mean, he's already got the 10.7.2 update ready to go whenever that comes out. Uh, and, and there's all sorts of different things that we will be able to do, like, I've never been to WWDC. I've worked on Macintosh applications for almost 10 years now. That doesn't sound right. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I mean, there's, there's things that effectively charging for the application at a small price. Like I, I, I think Growl's worth more than $1.99. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't work on something for eight years and think it's not worth more than $1.99. But uh, it's it's a low price of entry for people. So we, we, we felt that that would enable more people to use it. Uh, while at the same time helping us to get things we want done, um, so that's that's the the reason. I mean, at some point you have to look and say, look, either we work on this in a professional fashion or we just don't. And it, that was is either sell it or drop the project. Yeah. Well, we can certainly appreciate you getting paid for your work for sure. And you said you're eight years in and you're at a one point three. Uh, yes. Version number. So, you know, what's changed over the roadmap of of Growl since these past eight years? Uh, so, I mean, initially Growl dot five was the first version, and it's more or less just proof concept. I I got promises from you know fifteen different developers to look at it, not even implement it, just look at it. Uh, a few of those did, and like eighty was one of the one of the big ones in the beginning that helped out, uh, but. Uh, and more, more or less, it's gone from just kind of a geeky little tool to something a lot of people use to just, I mean, in the last five years, it's become just, you know, the first thing people install on their Macs. It's either that or Parian or, or Adium or, you know, Skype or whatever applications they use all just use, you know, it, all use Growl in some way. And it's uh, it's really cool that, that the stuff I work on, people pick up and like you know one of the uh, biggest testaments i guess to the success of growl isn't necessarily the user adoption but the applications that have hooked into it and support it 
Roughly how many do you have? Uh, I think at last count there was over 200. Uh, I'm actually going to go through the application lists today or tomorrow and and uh, make sure all the links work. But, uh, yeah, it's over 200. I know that. Like We have Yahoo Messenger supports Growl. We have World of Warcraft supports Growl. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. I mean, there's some, there's some big names in there. Uh, there's also it's it's uh, it's kind of a testament. We 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 stuck with the idea that Growl should be something that de- the developer uh, maybe spends 30 minutes on, um, and they have notification. Uh, before Growl, a developer would spend weeks developing a notification that for some of their user base that liked it, and that's it. And yeah, usually it wouldn't look that great, or if it did, they spent a whole lot of time that they could have been spending on something else. So, Growl solved that problem for them. It's a no-brainer for them. Uh, and in, in fact, in the Growl 1.3 framework, which we are almost done beta testing, uh, if Growl is not installed, they can still send a notif- notification out to the, their end user. So, uh, that's something that the developer can control. Uh, that way, you know, if they don't want to present the notification without Growl installed, they don't have to. But it's it's you know if, uh, the argument that you know if if Growl is for pay and users aren't going to buy it now, which is contradictory, by the way, their users are buying it galore. Um, but yeah, if, if Growl isn't installed and the argument is that uh, developers won't want it, well, it doesn't make sense because you know. Developers want something that's not going to take very long to implement. It saves them a lot of time. It looks good. People like it already. People already have it installed. There's a large user base, uh, and it's it's relatively easy. They're going to pick it up. So that's well, that's uh, it says volumes about the, what our theory was back in the day about making it easy and people will come, and it it came true. Uh, it took a while, but it and. We've got a lot of developers. In fact, I just got an email this week from a new developer that added support. Now, what's cool about this, too, is that uh, you've even gotten some external third-party support through different designs for the Growl styles. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, so in, I think it was .7 or something. It's It's been a while. <laughs> uh, we, we added the ability for people to make styles on their own. Uh, and they can do it through just simple web technology, CSS, HTML. If you're a geek, you, know, you can write them up in Coda, or you can write them up in SubEthEdit, or you know, whatever text editor of your choice is, and it's you know, three or four files, and you're done, um, and you can make them look really pretty. Like We've got a couple that we, we asked to just include with Growl. Like, uh, there's one that looks sort of like Star Wars stuff coming in called Strawl, and it's just like Star Wars Growl. Um, there's another one called uh, Roaring Lion that looks like a lion dialogue box that you can download. Uh, and there's one that's called Black Glass, and it looks like a black piece of glass that comes up on your screen. And it, you know, these developers uh, of their of the different designs, they they just write uh, you know for however long it takes to make it look pretty, and they put it out on their website and. People can install it, and their notifications then look how that developer made it. it was pre- it's pretty cool. Uh, we've got a lot of different people making that stuff. It's awesome that these are crafted with CSS3 and HTML. I've been rocking the HUD style from Raji King for a while, and now look, I think I'm going to try the black glass that uh, you just turned me on to. Yeah, like, yeah, I like that too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll send you the link to it after this, actually. But it's uh, that guy, um, he... 
he even made it so that the close button looks different. Uh, so it's red instead of black. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, it, you know, he, he was able to do that with just some CSS or some HTML. And it's really simple. If you know a lot of CSS, it can be really complicated. And it's you know basically just WebKit. So whatever Apple provides through Safari, basically, is what you can use with Growl. That's this kind of beauty about that too is that if you're on a Mac since Growl's a Mac app that uh, you can kind of depend on the the bleeding edge WebKit slash CSS support so they can really push the edge of uh, of the design style too. Yeah, they, if if they really want to do that, they can. I I don't know anybody doing that right now, but it, that'd be cool to see. <laughs> you know, a lot of our audience is on a Mac, but I'm sure um, substantial portions on Linux. But you guys have standardized on a network protocol to deliver Growl messages or notifications over the wire too with GNTP. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, Gra- GNTP or Growl Network Transport uh, Protocol, I think, is what we what the acronym is. I'd have to go look to make sure. Uh, more or less, it's uh, a standard that started out by the Adobe Air team contacting us and saying they couldn't talk to Growl because it's on UDP and not TCP for the really geeky portion of your, your audience. Um, <laughs> so we of them. Yeah, so, uh, so no, that's good. Um, most, uh, so for most of your audience will appreciate the rest of this. So they, uh, they hired one of our developers as a contractor uh, and he implemented most of the protocol. Well, uh, then he went on to be become a doctor, and that pretty much ended that from getting it implemented in 2009. Uh, so in the meantime, the Growl for Windows and the SNAR projects, the, the Windows um, clones or, or the projects inspired by our project, picked it up. Um, so Snarl and Growl for Windows have both had GNTP in their product for probably a year and a half now. Um, so they've had a lot of testing. There's been a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, implementations out in the wild already. There's a, a Python. There's a PHP. I think I saw a Perl. I know there's a Java, uh, Java and a JavaScript uh, somewhere. So there's already a lot of different uh, tools out there to use this, and we finally said, you know, this this old protocol we have doesn't really work that well, except for some people get to get it working, and this new protocol is really awesome. Why don't we just get rid of the old protocol, add the new one in, and, and it, it worked out really great. Now everyone that that's tested Growl 1.3 with their networking setup, if you have two Macs, they can talk to each other, and it's... It works beautifully, and actually, the the internal communication for Growl going forward from applications to Growl will be over GNTP locally. So it's one protocol instead of maintaining three or four. You know, it's hard for me to I think pick one application that is enhanced the most by Growl. I, I look at my Twitter client and and uh, some of the other applications that are popping up ground messages all day long. I think one of my favorites is my auto test loop that in the background in the terminal window, I've got tests that are running on a loop. And every time the, uh, the loop completes, I've got the guy from doom with either a, a you know, a regular face or a bloody face doing <laughs> whether or not my, my test have passed or failed. What application that you use personally is enhanced the most by Growl? Uh, it's going to sound stupid, um, but Text Wrangler is probably the, the most enhanced. I don't think that Text Wrangler or even BB Edit or any other other text editor would even think about implementing a, a notification. Uh, but for me, when I do a search in a file for uh, 
for something, and it's a 10,000 line of code file, and it comes back and finds eight instances, it sends a notification to Growl that it got finished. Well, if it takes five minutes to do that search, um, it, it's great. Uh, I also... Yeah, I use Sparrow, and it actually doesn't work with 1.3 yet, but it, they're working on fixing that. Uh, but Sparrow was uh, pretty nice. Um, you know, Skype, I, I, I ran Skype today, and it told me when you guys contacted me, that was beneficial. I, I probably wouldn't have noticed for half an hour. Um, well, besides uh, Growl, you've actually got some other open source experience with, uh, with Perian. Uh, what, what role do you play in that project? Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the project manager, and I helped uh, found Pairing. Pairing was actually a project that died uh, a long time ago called FF Fusion, and it was the same thing. I mean, it was, it was a, a QuickTime component. Let me back up and say, Pair, uh, for those who don't know, Pairing is a QuickTime component for for the Mac that allows you to play pretty much anything you can download it, it except for a few minor things like Windows Media Player and and Real Media and things like that. Uh, so it's it's not the entire solution, but it's a majority of the solution for the random video files that you download. Uh, so uh, I I kind of uh, what's the person that said? Let's hold back on preferences. Let's not add preferences for um, for subtitles, for instance. Like, why do you need a preference for subtitles? Uh, we we made the preferences pretty simple, so it's more or less an install and go type thing, and not an install and play with it forever type thing. Um, so it's 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 worked out pretty well. We do, we have this thing in, in Parian for auto detection of display sizes, so that if you have a 23 inch screen, the subtitles should show up right. If you have a 13 inch screen, the subtitles should show up right. Uh, that sort of thing, and it's it's worked out pretty well up to the point that uh, pairing has the problem Growl had for the last couple of years, where we really don't have that many developers anymore. So we've got a, a couple of guys that work on it, but they don't have time to work on it anymore. Um, and effectively, uh, we can't sell pairing in because it's uh, it got LG, it has LGPL and GPL components. Um, and we can sell Growl, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if Perian lasts while Growl uh, lasts, or if Perian doesn't last because of the difference there. Yeah, but, I was going to ask uh, you because you got uh, Growl in the App Store, and I was going to ask you if the same path was going to be taken for Perian, but it sounds like it's it's not possible. No, it's not possible. Um, so the GPL. Um, kind of makes that null. Like if if we had consent from every single contributor that ever worked on everything that is included in Parian, we could do it. But we don't, and we won't be able to get that from. You know, we use a lot of different open source technology, like FFmpeg and libmkv, uh, and those things are great. And, and I'm not discounting the the, the benefits of the GPL. Uh, it's more of a, you know, here's the difference with the BSD license, which is Growl is a three-clause BSD license. We're able to do that. Uh, we're able to sell Growl and use it, that money to help the project move forward. Uh, and Whereas with Parian, we're not able to do that. Um, and it's it's just a difference in, in mentality, and, the, and that's it. So uh, I, I usually wouldn't bring this up in a podcast, but you guys said this was a, te- a pretty technical podcast. Well, I mean, so. we've actually had... Um a series we've been working on. Steve Glabner works works with us on the on the blog, and 
the licensing and naming license and which ones to use and why to use them is a is a topic that I think more and more people are going to be running into as they become more and more pro- prolific and open source. And, right. and we've got a lot of people that follow the show that have been open source for just a number of years or have been drug into it because they use certain technologies and they're contributing and they're not really sure what license they're putting things under. And it sounds like, um, you know, that this could be a real issue if you don't know what you're talking about or which license to use. Yeah, so uh, more or less, so the GPL has a few requirements, and it depends on what version of the GPL you have. Uh, I didn't think I would be talking about licensing today, but here we go. <laughs> um, so the GPL has uh, requirements that if you release a binary, which is built code um, to the world, and someone requests that code, that you should require, uh, you are required and compelled to provide that code to them. Uh, most open source projects that use the GPL, though, they just provide the code. Out of, look at Linux. Look, uh, there's the kernel. They provide the code uh, to everyone. If, if you look at other things, it's the same way. Uh, the BSD license, and uh, I'm going to fold the MIT license in the same way because they're, they're pretty similar. If you use the three-clause BSD license or the MIT license, uh, they don't require that. They they require um, specifically with the BSD three clause, and uh, I think I remember the MIT has those as well. But you might want to check. They, uh, they require that you just uh, attribute that you you use code from, for instance, the Growl project. Uh, so with every application that supports Growl, they should if they use the framework, they should have in there about somewhere that they use code from the Growl project. And that's it. It, it. It's more about um, just simple attribution. Yeah, exactly. It's more about just getting people to use your code versus getting people to contribute back to the code that you write. Right. Uh, and the different mentalities, they're different purposes. So if you want your code that you write for open source to go into shareware or commercial products, you shouldn't use the GPL. And there's there's differences. Like there's the LGPL. Uh, which is it's only if you can use this, but if you modify it, give me uh, give me back the code that you wrote. Uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing; I'm not a lawyer. So if you if you're using this podcast as legal advice, double check your, go your con- sources. <laughs> yeah, go contact a lawyer and get them to read it. Uh, the other dramatic difference is that uh, the BSD license is really short, and the GPL is really long. Uh, I, I think it's uh, GPL has three clauses and they're about a sentence or two apiece. Uh, and there's just something about, you know, if you use this and it causes you problems and it causes the world to blow up, it's not our fault. Um, versus the GPL has that and it's, it's you know, version two is so long and version three is even longer. So it sounds um, to me like you can probably get into some legal situations in terms of which license to use and how they end up getting used. I mean, how did you learn more about these licenses? Was it just trial and error or just you know doing your due diligence and reading or is there certain sources that you've sourced up or do you actually have legal help that works with you and, and is part of the organization? So it was uh, all of the above. <laughs> so uh, I learned about the GPL because I read it and I learned about the BSC clause, uh, license because I was like, I'm not going to read another license that long and it wasn't that long. It was very short. Um, and then there's this group called the OSI, which is the – I think they're the Open Source Initiative. I mean I could mm-hmm. be wrong about what the acronym means, but uh, if, you look, if you look for OSI, you can find them. Um, 
and they kind of tell you what the different licenses are. There's, I mean, there's Creative Commons. There's like 40 different versions of that license alone. Um, and there's all sorts of different licenses you can use, and they're all qualified as open source. Um, the 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 difference, uh, the dramatic difference for the BSD. Well, put it this way: the, the two popular ones seem to be the GPL and the BSD three clause. Uh, that seems to be what most projects are are going towards or are using. Uh, at least when I looked at statistics in two thousand nine. Uh, so I, I learned about them just by asking questions of people already using them on different open source projects. Like, why did you use these licenses? Uh, reading them, talking to lawyer friends I have in person. Uh, yeah, if I want to do this, what do I, what do I need to do? Uh, like with Growl, for instance, um, if someone wants to commit to the project and they're interested in working on the project and we get along with them, which is the most important part, then they get a commit bit right away, which is different than a traditional open source project where you submit a patch and you work on a patch for a while. Uh, and you submit four or five different patches, and then if people trust you, then you get to work on the project. Um, Growl is more of a, we trust you, and we can just revert your changes if need be type thing. So bringing it back to Parian, um, you'd mentioned... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we talked about the licensing, and this is going to tie back into the licensing on that as well, but it sounds like Parian is at a potential stop because of licensing slash developer... Uh, needs and it sounds like maybe there's a way that uh, the licensing thing can maybe help out because you might be able to put it into the store. But is it possible to maybe reach out to these different um, technologies that are using licensing and work something out with them? Is that something the community can help with? Because part of so, so if there were there were uh, so if there were five contributors to FFmpeg, that would be reasonable. But there's thousands. And literally thousands of contributors to FFmpeg, and they all have different opinions on what a license is. Uh, and it's it's with pairing, it's not really an issue of licensing uh, with the App Store. The App Store doesn't allow preference panes, and they don't allow uh, installers that install things, and which is contrary to their Xcode installer that is in the App Store. But uh, it is what it is. Um, so. Parian just couldn't make it into the App Store, and, that, and that's how it is. It's it's not designed to work in the App Store. It won't work in the App Store, uh, but that doesn't kill its popularity. It's 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 more popular than ADM is. I mean, it the first week we had millions of users already, um, so it's more or less just manpower. I mean, we need probably about two more developers that spend ten hours a week on Parian to work on Parian to make it. Uh, move forward. We we can do so, some work on it, but some of the bigger problems we just can't address without that. And there's some bugs in OS with QuickTime X and OS 10 that uh, don't allow it to go forward. But it's uh, I mean overall pairing it still works and works fine um, in most situations. And we don't really have a lot of user requests about things. And if you have a problem in QuickTime X, you can run Nice Player. Which is this really cool little little QuickTime-based application that plays media that should work fine. And if that doesn't work, you can use QuickTime Seven, which should work fine because it worked in ten point six. Um, so there's a few different ways that Parian uh, has problems, or a few different routes. Or, or uh, I'm going to stumble like Rick Perry did. Um, <laughs> there's there's a few different problems that Parian has with resources. 
but that doesn't stop it from being useful, but it'll never make it into the App Store as it is designed. You know, all of these projects, Perian, Growl, and ADM have long histories, and I'm pretty sure they predate the move to Intel. You guys were doing this in PPC. Mm-hmm. What uh, shift did that cause in, in adoption of these projects? Um, so with open source projects that I've worked on, um, the developers pay for their own hardware. So it, it really takes... Um, it takes the people working on it to pick up the new hardware. So with Intel, the move to Intel, for instance, um, some of the developers didn't have Intel machines for two years after that because their machine worked fine. So why would they want to go buy a new machine just for Intel? Um, some, some moved it right away because their machine was horrible. So they, they bought it right away. So we have some of that. I mean, there was oh, – this is years ago um, – we had the universal binary stuff. We had to make it work right. Um, the the thing that was promoted uh, back then about the one click and it works, well, that wasn't quite true. You had to make your code work too. But those are just the small speed bumps of development. I mean, you every time there's an OS update, you, something is going to break. Um, with Growl, our stop button and the preference pane stopped working. Um, there's a few other things that just stopped working with Parian. I haven't seen anything that is broken, but that's because I don't use QuickTime X. I use QuickTime Seven, um, and QuickTime X doesn't doesn't open subtitles, and it won't. And it uh, as is will never open subtitles. How how we figured out how to make subtitles work, and we don't have a workaround. Um, so there's a lot to do with keeping up with the Joneses in the development world. Um, and there's some downside to that. I mean, you know, with open source, if, if you don't want to work on a project anymore, you don't have to. You're not compelled to work on it. You're not paid. That's not your job. I mean, working on an open source project is just fun. And if it's not fun, you don't do it anymore. So, like I said, we had 60 people working on Growl at one point, And those people stopped working on it because Growl did what they needed. And, you know, we're cool to hang out with, but we don't hang out all the time. Um, so eventually, you know, real life comes and you need to pay for your ramen noodles. Um, and, you know, people use Growl as a stepping stone and they use Adium as a stepping stone and, and even Parian uh, to go work at Apple and Amazon and Yahoo and all those different big companies that people want to work for. Um, so for, for the majority of the open source projects that are, are group projects people are using those as a way to get into bigger companies or to show what they can do. And at some point, uh, you know, it, if they move to Intel, is something that made you angry because 10 years ago, Apple used to talk bad about Intel or, or 15 or, you know, I wasn't around then. I haven't been a Mac user until 10.2 came out. Uh, so don't quote me on any of that stuff, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's more or less if, if, uh, if you're angry for whatever reason Apple does something and you want to stick with what you want to use or just reformat your Mac and turn it into a Linux box or a Windows machine, you, you, there's no repercussions of doing that in the open source world on the Mac because uh, you're not getting paid to do anything. Um, so there's some downside to working on uh, with depending on open source project uh, code work or manpower. But, I mean, on the upside, it's, it's uh, with Adium, it's a big community. There's people that they talk to each other every day about st- things that aren't development 
related. They just talk to each other. With growl, it's the same thing, and, and uh, with uh, pairing, it's the same as well. We just we don't have as many people working on it. We you know got uh, effectively what I'd like to refer to as one and a half developers on it right now, which is the amount of people that working are working twenty hours a week on it. Any plans for ADM to make it to the App Store? Um, I, I don't work on ADM anymore, so I can't really say. But uh, I do know the people that do work on it, and I talk to them on a regular basis. They'd like ADM to get into the App Store. Um, they have the same problem that Pairing does. That the the library they use uh, called LibPurple from the Pigeon Project, which is an open source IAM client on uh, on Linux and Windows. Uh, it's GPL, and I, I highly doubt that half the people that work on Pigeon would ever want to see their code in the App Store. Um, so I, I, I don't think that it's going to make it as is. So what they would have to do on ADM to make ADM go in the App Store is ent- rewrite the entire thing. And I don't see that happening. Um, there's 200 or 400,000 lines of code. There's all sorts of different artwork. There's, and, and, you know, it's, uh, they're not even at a 2.0 yet, and they are older than Growl is. So if Growl is eight years old, and Adium's been around for probably four years before that, it's, it's not a palatable proposition. So what's the future hold for Growl? So, um, so Growl is... Um, it's, there's more changes to come. Um, so sandboxing is important, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, applications that are in the App Store will be required to sandbox, so we're going to support that. We're going to change the interface up so it looks prettier and it's easier to use. Like the Applications tab is not that great to use. Um, they, one of the previous developers and I came up with it in a coffee shop after four hours of drinking caffeine. <laughs> so you know it's awesome then, and it's not awesome now. Uh, so we're gonna change that up. Um, Growl is going to have Prowl integration built in, along with Boxcar and a few other things. So those things that people have to download plugins for and keep updated separately, we're going to eliminate that. Um, and I don't know. We're gonna just go from there. It's uh, uh, it's definitely going to progress from where it's at, and we'll just see Growl just keep going uh we're going to see a lot more cross-platform i think with it and especially with the gntp stuff so people that write code on different platforms can talk to it which will be cool because uh, eventually there'll be a linux clone of some kind that can talk to growl um and overall it's uh it's very promising as to where growl is going uh basically because of the awesome response from people to just you know, purchasing Growl 1.3 in the App Store. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to WWDC next year, and I've never said that before. So it's it's definitely interesting. Just curious about uh, numbers. I always can't uh, go past this, but is there any way you can talk about some of those numbers? No, we haven't we haven't discussed yet, even if we're going to release that yet or not as a as a company. Like we have a company behind this now called the Growl Project LLC. Uh, just so that we can get Growl submitted to the App Store. Um, but, yeah, we haven't discussed as a company whether we we're going to release those numbers or not. Uh, if we do, they'd, we'd probably have a blog set up. and We don't even have a blog set up yet. Um, we're, we're looking into that. But 
if we do, we'd probably have a blog set up and we'd talk about, you know, here's the numbers uh, or here's what it looks like. But, yeah, we'd, we'd rather – I'd rather talk to the other guys first before I go spouting out about stuff to people um, just just because. But it's it's been a pretty nice response, put it that way. You mentioned a couple of times now this will be your first WWDC next year, and uh, this week marked the – the passing of Steve Jobs and wanted to get your take as someone who's built three successful projects or helped build three successful projects on the, uh, the Mac platform. I've, um, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, every application I've worked on, when there's a release, I would email Steve Jobs and ask him to try it. I, uh, I didn't care if he replied. I just wanted him to try it. I didn't do that to anybody else. Um, did you ever get a response? No, no, it's uh, I never got a response. Um, but you know, if you're running a multi-billion-dollar company versus this guy from Texas is asking you to try his application, and you know, which is going to happen? But ADM was used as examples on on the Apple website um, for compile times between Intel and PPC, for instance. Uh, when they did the tra- transition there. They used Growl and they used Parian at the WWDC talks and they used ADM to talk about how to implement things. So, um, you know, people know about what Growl is. Uh, one of the lead developers for Growl got hired in ADM partly because he was a lead developer for Growl. Um, so it's it's that. But, I mean, I mean Steve was... You know, Steve... What I do um, with any computer was influenced by Steve entirely. I mean, Bill Gates and Steve were the industry. They are the industry. And you know, it's it's just like for Windows, if Bill Gates died, I mean, as much as Bill Gates is the butt of everyone's joke, it's, you know, he he's a legend just like Steve is. And it's... it's <sighs> Probably the best thing I've heard about the whole thing is uh, Stephen Colbert had a segment about this, and it was, you know, all jokes and funny, like, you know, as Stephen Colbert's show is. But the last 10 seconds, he spins, you know, he switches from sarcastic reverse mode that he normally is to, you know, serious Stephen Colbert that you rarely see on the show. And it was probably the most touching moment out of anything I've seen this week about it. And, and you know, there's not much else you can really say about it. You know, the guy was great, and he passed away. He's passed away too early. He worked his life away, but he gave us something that we can use for the next 20 years, essentially. Well, I guess we're at that point where we can actually even talk about heroes, I guess. Uh, this might be a good segue into our heroes moment where we talk about uh, you know something in open source, something – uh, someone in open source that uh, you look up to, either a, a code base that uh, you're looking forward to playing with on the weekend whenever you're not doing, uh, you know, parrying or growl work or planning this new business you're working on. So, you know, what out there in open source or who out there in open source is something you look up to or something you want to play with? So it's, it's uh, so this there's a guy that works in ADM. His name is Evan Schoenberg, and he's worked with ADM since forever. Um, and he's also a doctor, and he's also this, and he's also that. He's like 50 app store apps, and he, and you know he he works a full time job. He's a wife and a kid, you know they have a dog, and, and I don't know how he does all of it at all. I mean that that's just crazy. I mean just as a, a someone to look up to, 
uh, like he and I ran a, a shareware business. We sold this product called Family a while back. We eventually sold that off, but uh, you know, it's the guy is like phenomenally everywhere. Uh, so just from a, a person's perspective, someone to look up to, you, and you look him up sometime, uh, and it's it's uh, definitely interesting. As a you know, he's a good friend and all that too. But uh, as a, a code base, and, you know, it's it's. I'll I'll look at new tools and all that and, and whatnot, but I don't I don't go digging around and, and source code from other people unless it's something where I need to fix something, and it's really that. I usually just complain to them until they fix it. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know sometimes I'll look at things like you know how can I make this work with our stuff, uh, but I mean for the, for the most part it's you know people you look up to are like. You know, my dad, for instance, and and what everyone looks up to their dad if they if their dad was in their life and and their mom if they were in their life and all that, um, and you know it, the typical response that you you see. But I mean, the people that work on the different open source projects are the people I look up to. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, they spend a dramatic amount of their time working on stuff so that other people can use this software they write, and that's it. That's all. That's all they want, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, that in the last 25 years that this has happened is that people just want to spend a portion of their life so that it makes other people's lives better and it's it's everyone it's not just you know just one person uh yeah there's uh what stallman on the linux side he he has his opinions and i may not agree with them but he he stands up for people and what he thinks is right, and and it's admirable. And it, you know, if, as long as people do things that are admirable, it's it's worth looking at. Uh, so I don't think there's a single person I could point out, except for Evan, because he's crazy. But uh, that's that's just a size point. But uh, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of people I can name. Put it that way. Well, this is a this is the part of the show where we actually turn it back on to you to say if there's anything that uh, you didn't plug that you want to plug, like such as the IRC channel for Growl or something special that you just want to plug before we head off. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, with the, for contacting us, if anybody needs to contact us, the best way is through IRC. Um, it's pound Growl on Freenode. Um, uh, lots of thanks to Google Code for hosting us, Network Redux for hosting us, and Cashfly for hosting us. Um, the the I like my email client Sparrow. If you like email, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I name the different apps. Oh, uh, there is a cool if you use source code um, version control stuff and you like Mercurial or Jet. There is this cool app called Source Tree, and it's probably the first GUI uh, source control app that I've actually thought was decent. Um, so if anybody does source control. Check it out. It was free this week. Regular thirty-five bucks. I don't know if it is still free, but you know, it's. I think it's worth the thirty-five bucks. I mean, uh, I'll probably pay them at some point, anyways. So, but yeah, I mean, if you have any questions on anything I use, come see me on the IRC channel. I'm usually, you know, around during the day, uh, U.S. time, and uh, if I'm not around, someone else will be. Because you're here in Texas, right? Yeah, I'm here in Texas. I'm in Houston. Oh, awesome. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm in Sugar Land, actually. So. Oh, I'm in uh, Kingway. There you go. Well, so. well, Chris, I know that we certainly appreciate uh, you know all your contributions to open source and certainly the, the education you gave us today on licensing and 
the direction of Growl and what it takes to get into the App Store and uh, Parian and everything you've done. So we really appreciate the time you've taken to chat with us, and we look forward to using more of your codes. And if you're a Growl user, go and download it from the App Store. Two bucks is definitely worth the price for what you've gotten in the last eight years. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you, guys.